Welcome to Hermione Granger Gets Railed Part 3. <laughs> I, wait, wait, wait. Welcome to Shipwrecks, a podcast where we recommend and review erotic fanfiction. I'm Audrey, and with me here today are my friends, Abby and Mira. In these first six episodes, we're focusing on the Harry Potter fandom. Today, we're reading Abby's first selection, Crazy Little Things, a Hermione Granger and Luna Lovegood femslash story by D. Riser, or Dreiser. And as usual, we have a themey little cocktail to go with it. So, Abby, could you tell us what we're drinking today? Sure. It was kind of a hard choice this time, since there are so many instances of tasty-sounding food in the story. I ended up settling on a white chocolate and star anise martini served with skewered raspberries, because we hear over and over again that Luna smells like raspberries and white chocolate. Well, I guess just regular chocolate. I decided white chocolate because, let's be honest, Luna is pasty AF, so it fit. Yes, this is really, really good. This is amazing. This is... Their big uh, love drink was uh, some sort of uh, absinthe cocktail, but not a lot of people are a fan of absinthe. Yeah, and, so, and in the story, she's like, ooh, it was delicious. And I'm like, was it? <laughs> it sounded like it was Pop Rocks and Anise, but I was like, well, Anise flavor. But yeah, so I wanted Anise, but I wanted it to be tasty. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Oh, my gosh. Poor Mira, again, is not imbibing with us today because she is pregnant. What are you drinking, Mira? I have prepared, though. I am drinking coconut milk with chocolate syrup mixed in, and it's actually really delicious. So All right. No complaints. Yet. so abby you chose this story for us could you give us the setup for our listeners all right well this story takes place a few years after the main crew graduate from hogwarts with everyone either off at university or starting their careers i also really enjoy this time period because it's so far removed from the actual books that it lends itself to more adult storylines and i don't just mean adult sex but as the story begins it's canon compliant everyone is paired off like boxed barbie sets like we'd expect we have Ginny with Harry, Bill Weasley with Fleur, Hermione with Ron, etc. In the story, we find Hermione struggling to commit to a university major, or to Ron for that matter. Ron is perpetually comparing his relationship to Harry and Ginny's, which is considerably more advanced at this stage, with them living together and engaged. Hermione's first encounter since graduation with Luna is in the university library, where she's literally startled to find Luna huffing her hair and caressing it. <laughs> It's like, turn around. Bam! Luna Lovegood, it's been over two years since I've seen you. Let me huff your hair. Yeah, oh my god. If this was not a femme slash story, I think she should have just maced him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Something about the same-sex nature of it, and the fact that we've already accepted by this point that Luna's a little strange, makes it borderline okay because otherwise and she and Hermione does not like it. She's like, whoa, what are you doing? She's like smelling your hair yeah i'm weirdly okay with it because i don't know girls most women were like way more touchy feely how we are by default even if it's not romantic like hey let me stuff that tag into the back of your shirt and not ask for permission first like you know there's a lot of there's not as much like personal space among ladies but yes Yes. but and it is very like classic what i would consider luna love good behavior creepy af but classic her behavior. <laughs> yes. So in this story, we kind of get a glimpse of university life for wizards because Hermione and Luna are both going to the University of Magical Studies in London, which is like Wizard University. So I wanted to ask how you guys feel about that expansion of Harry Potter. How did you feel about the university piece? I really liked I it. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I thought... <laughs> 
I thought it was good for character development. I thought that their majors really suited their characters. Like Hermione can't decide on a major because she wants to know everything and she wants to help everyone. It's hard to settle. And then Luna with her backstory and her family history, she wants to be a healer to help fuel her discovering magical creatures, which I assume we will get more into in a minute. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like the Harry Potter universe, when you just read the books, feels a little small. So it's nice to think of that there's something beyond Hogwarts because it's like there's 40 kids, students a year or so in, in Hogwarts and like then there's this huge second wizarding war that just happens to culminate in the school cafeteria, basically, and it does make the world and everyone just instantly marrying their high school sweetheart when they graduate. It just gives you this feeling like the world is really small. And so I like the idea of a wizard university and there being something more than what we've seen in the books. I like that Hermione is obviously good at university, but she still gets teased all of the time for like not picking a major. Like she's not super popular despite, you know, probably being a celebrity and I don't know. It's fun seeing her insecurities. Agreed. I was also an undecided major and it's painful, man. Every day you wake up and you're like, what the hell am I doing here? Like I'm wasting thousands of dollars or thousands of galleons in this case, I guess. <laughs> or you could decide and not have that feeling until like five years later <laughs> and then feel that way for the rest of your life that you wasted that money. Yes. Uh, well, I got my MRS, so that's all that matters, right? <laughs> looks at her sad art degree, sighs <laughs> dramatically. I learned how to judge with big words and pick out big frames to mask my failures. Big frames, that's a big deal. <laughs> so speaking of the library though, last time we thought that we should come up with a classic literature equivalent in word count. And so this story lands right between The Hobbit and Anne of Green Gables. So this is The Hobbit of Green Gables of lightly erotic <laughs> fan fiction. And speaking of eroticism, right, this is very lightly erotic. We don't have a lot of the sex. No, there's not a lot of it. It's a little <laughs> little dry in that regard, for sure. <laughs> dry. I, I want to give each person the chance to answer um, how they feel about the central relationship, the Luna-Hermione slash. I'm into it, but I suggested it, so, you know. Yes. <laughs> how do you feel, Mira? Um, I'm into it. I feel like they're generally good for each other. I sort of am annoyed with Luna in this story because she seems like she's outwardly being really supportive of like Hermione and Ron, or at least like, oh, you can't go on a giant expedition. Like people care about you. Like for example, your boyfriend who you should talk to before you go on a giant expedition in another country. And it seems like she's supportive, but all the while she's just groping Hermione constantly. <laughs> yes, she's just yes. touching her face like all of the time and calling her pretty and like complimenting her blushes and just like really leaning into it. And it's like Luna, you're crossing a lot of lines here. Yeah, this is definitely Luna Lovegood tries to steal Hermione Granger. The, and then Hermione's the not not even sure that she's into her, and I'm like, she's been like touching you. For like 50,000 words now, I'm pretty sure she's into you. Yeah, that was a frustration I had is that Hermione's supposed to be smart and she's like, I wonder if Luna's into me. She just crawled into my bed at night and was fondling my hair and telling me how good I smell. And she's a lesbian. I wonder if she's she likes me. Yeah, she likes you. Um, So I'm going to gear up for a rant. I did not 
really like them together. Um, and I think it's because I have a major problem with Luna Lovegood as a character in this story. Um, and I guess in general, because she's one of my favorite characters. But one of the things I really don't like about Ron and Hermione is that on some level, I feel like Hermione needs to take care of Ron and be the grown up in that relationship. And I feel like if she were to really be with Luna, who has like a tenuous grasp on reality, that it would be on some level that same dynamic, you know, like that's why I like her with Professor Snape, for example, <laughs> someone who has their shit together and is an adult, you know, like, and so I'm not like super into it. And so in this story that she does, the author does kind of address this where um, Hermione realizes that Luna's surprisingly smart and like Luna's not an idiot and you might assume that she is, um, but she was in Ravenclaw, you know, like she is not a dumb dumb. But I feel like for someone going into the hard sciences, like she really legitimately has so, like some of the things that she says, like like lesbians are full of drama because there's goob flobbers in women's handbags that make them fight and stuff like that. Like when she just says, like, you look uncomfortable in those clothes, the snibble snaps must be in like infesting the clothes or whatever. Um, she keeps explaining things away and I think she really does believe that these creatures are real and they are not like in the story it's played for laughs like you know she's kind of like Professor Trelawney where she'll be right five percent of the time with her wackiness and the rest of the time she's off the rails and so that annoys Hermione in the books like Hermione doesn't really get along with Luna she hates Trelawney um and in this when Luna walks up to her and is smelling her and talking about her smell like Hermione's like what the fuck and I feel like that's very in character because she's like what the fuck right mm -hmm. and so like if you have this I can I understand that they're attracted to each other and I do like the descriptions of that I think it works but you know let's say you have a girlfriend and you're a muggle and I'm talking in human terms and they believe in fairies and they'll say stuff about fairies sometime and you find that cute because they're hot and you're dating <laughs> as, soon, as soon as it's like i can't mow the lawn because it will disturb the fairies as soon as it starts to become <laughs> like a real concrete thing that is impacting your life i feel like hermione would be like shut the fuck up like okay we're gonna shut this down like i don't think she would have the patience for luna long term so i get that I point though i get it i have some problems with luna's character actually like i think Hermione's character, I could argue that maybe she's like ungirdled a little bit and calmed down in college, just a scotch. So like some, I could, I, I can see the give in her character a lot more easily than the shift in Luna's. Like, yeah, she's over the top in some ways, obviously. Um, but I would argue that Luna might be the weakest character, even compared to the supporting characters in this. Like the descriptions of random, like actually Ron in this is a little bit more dynamic to me than in other stories that he's usually like to shit on. Not to say he's yes. like the best <laughs> thing ever, but he's like a decent dude. He's still himself, but he did grow up. Like most stories don't ever let Ron ever have a single chance to grow up. Whereas yeah. Luna grew up, but she also grew, I don't know how to explain it, like diagonally, not just straight up. Like. <laughs> and so well, she, she lacks some social awareness and it does not like towards the end of the story, she and Hermione are dating, spoiler alert. And then Ginny's her friend and Hermione's a little bit jealous of the Ginny Luna relationship and doesn't know how to see it. And then Luna's like, 
Ginny's like, oh man, if I didn't play Quidditch, I would be as big as a house. And Luna's like, that would be a shame. You have such great curves. You're so hot or whatever. And it's just like in front of your new girlfriend with your best friend, just commenting on someone's body. Like she does not, she's missing something, you know, like Mm -hmm. she doesn't really ever have to take responsibility for how she makes other people feel because she's just so out there. And so, and then the juxtaposition that frustrated me about her and that is that she's like ultra sensitive keeps to myself. I need someone else to take the direction in relationships because otherwise I'm not sure. And that kind of chat my ass actually, because I feel (laughs) like that falls too conveniently into like gross, like female stereotypes for me where it's like ladies always have to have someone take the lead. And Luna's the like feminine protagonist of the two. She was definitely taking the lead, like, physically anyway. Yeah, but, like... she's constantly groping her. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a ferret-piling, soft-petting, maskless friendship-touching <laughs> the book, for sure. And, and I do like the idea that someone who's an out lesbian can have intimate female relationships and aren't, like, sexually intimate in that way. Because, like, if I reached out and touched someone... And like, like I said, like tucked a tag in their shirt. They're not like, you're coming on to me, are you? And I'm like, well, no, you had a tag sticking out of your damn shirt. And we're like friends for a decade. Like, You don't not... like stroke their cheeks and call Yeah, I'm not like pretty. stroking their cheeks as I reach <laughs> over their shoulder to tuck in the tag and be like, how are you doing? It's not like that. <laughs> this sounds like a nitpick too, but like I had a problem with how Luna was constantly interrupting Hermione to tell her how cute she was being. Um, or tell her, like, if she she scowled once and Luna was like, you're too pretty to scowl like that. And like, yeah, and that also got me, too, to be like, are you telling someone, like, telling a woman to smile? Because I'll punch someone right? here. <laughs> right, and, as, I mean, if it was a man, I think it would be extremely obvious. But even as a woman, I'm like, you interrupt what I'm saying again to tell me I'm cute. I know I'm cute. I'm so cute. Do it once, but, like, con- like fucking listen to me. Respond to the content of what I'm saying. Hear the like, words coming out of my mouth. Like, yes, yeah. yes. It was funny how often she commented on her, like, br- blushing prettily because, like, it happens so frequently. I'm like, her blush hasn't had a chance to, like, go down yet. Like, her cheeks are still red. She's not blushing again. <laughs> She's got rosacea. Leave her alone. <laughs> oh, man. I did like the way that Luna spoke. Like... I can't recall exactly how she speaks in the books, but she's always referring to Hermione in the third person to her face. Yes. She does do that a fuck ton in the movies. Okay. It was just really distracting. I think it was overdone, and I kept imagining, like, Dobby. (laughs) Yes, it's like Dobby and, like, like Yoda, like, those two. (laughs) I actually did control F for the word you because I was looking for her speaking to Hermione in the second person. And she does it towards the beginning of the story. And then as it goes on, it becomes third person. Like, and I Yeah, think there was definitely of, a shift. Yeah. And I feel like it's part of Luna subtly putting Hermione off balance purposefully. Like, you're t- constantly commenting on her facial expressions and how she looks and how cute she is. Being like, oh, Hermione, blah, blah, blah. Like, talking about her as if she isn't there. Like, I got a little bit of a creep. I'm, I'm sure I have issues. This is a sweet story. I got creeped out by Luna. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there there are some things about it that I really like. That's why I chose to share it. But they're, the core relationship, I like them together, if that makes sense. Like, their interactions, but I don't like how they talk to each other. That sounds terrible. But... <laughs> 
there are moments where they're like really really supportive of each other yes. and, and each that other's just... dreams and mm. stuff like that and like that part was nice or like the like subtle nice things that they could do for each other like what is a good example just like the slow noticing that you're falling in love with someone i thought that was captured really well just a little bit of like you're thinking of someone suddenly you realize you're spending more time with them this like subconscious feeling of falling i thought specifically was something that's captured very well in this but yeah i, I struggle with luna as a whole <laughs> well and like the story gives you this really beautiful fantasy of like having a partner who's your because they decide together because because luna's studying healing and hermione can't decide what to do to travel the world and do research on magical creatures and like Hermione will write and Luna will do the research and like that kind of partnership where you're like intellectually and romantically and like having adventures together and like really bringing out the best in each other is pretty awesome like the fantasy that it gives for Hermione is pretty cool and especially being a gay relationship like there's a lot of people who cannot see themselves in Harry Potter and this gives just a really nice, happy, beautiful fantasy for someone yes. who doesn't see themselves reflected in the story to like enter into this world. So I love that part of it. I think that mm -hmm. that is like what this brings as far as value. Yeah. And then if we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but I mean, it's long as hell. So let's just roll <laughs> on here. Um, so they're getting all reacquainted. Like you were talking about, they actually do an internship together spending a bunch of time together, and then the feelings start to happen. And then jumping ahead a little more, there's a break from school that provides them some time off. Luna wants to go on a magical creature photo quest, like, you know, Pokemon Snap, but for magical creatures, essentially. <laughs> um, and Hermione gets some moop about not being able to go with Luna and masks it as concern for her safety, which I feel like is also kind of weird, but we'll just sweep that aside right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, that they have their jungle adventure, which... Does anyone else want to summarize that one? The jungle adventure? The Crota Swinging Lizard. <laughs> Need we say more? Is mentioned only as the Crota Swinging Lizard and not as the lizard ever. Just <laughs> its full term. Driving me crazy. Yeah, they basically like go to India, right? Nope. To look for this lizard that Hermione assumes is a mythical creature and doesn't actually exist. And, uh... If it exists, they find it in a poacher's trap, and then the only way to free the creature is for Luna to, like, put her arm in the trap instead, because it will only accept living things, and then Hermione's like, why have you injured yourself? There could have been another way, and then there's, like, drama, and then she heals her, and then they cuddle, and that's basically what happens there, I think. Pretty much, yeah. For me, the change of scenery, honestly hot take was a little jarring and I'm going to go into another rant here. I'm sorry, but <laughs> so it's the same characters taking a stroll through four books, university, sexy time, uh, club kid lovers, jungle safari, fun and ladies in Corfu. And then back to university, <laughs> sexy times. And I just, I feel like the author wanted to visit all these places and caught, it, it just felt like it should have been different books. And again, if they wanted to travel and do a jump of where they were on their own like that, it would have been better if more of their relationship had kind of progressed or even if she didn't realize she had feelings for Luna yet, that she already broke up with Ron. 
I just, I feel like, again, the opportunity, there wasn't enough sex. There just wasn't enough sex. There was not enough sex. <laughs> like, all this effort, and there just wasn't enough sex. And I searched for explicit, and I was lied to. I was lied to. <laughs> this was like, this was maybe mature for me. The, the pacing of this was my major problem with the story. And I think I'm really drawn to, like, romances um, where you develop relationships through the situations that like you're put in like there's a plot and the plot kind of like you know drives them closer together somehow and with this there was so much like internal conflict of Hermione like slowly coming slowly 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 (laughs) very slowly coming to realize that she might like Luna it was ridiculously slow and I actually wanted there to be like more of a jungle scene or something or just like you said, pick one of the locations and really and have more. It. Yeah, develop it more and have more external conflict because you have this like really quick conflict of the trap, and then they're back to like navel gazing for like mm-hmm. you know thousands and thousands of words, and that was really frustrating. Like I, I don't feel moved by like Hermione, like just thinking about Luna for a really long time. I want her to like see Luna in danger and then come to realize like, oh God, I can't live without her. Like that's more compelling. See, for me, I'm definitely like, I don't know, high school. You become friends with people in high school, usually because you're forced to the same situation. Now, if you, some of those people you lose touch with, some of them keep around, but the like slow, maybe this is a thing. I don't know, it's just a staying power. But then again, that definitely resonates with my actual relationship. So probably that's why I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I I feel like I, I kind of agree with Mira on this as far. And it is a matter of taste. I think mm-hmm. my taste aligns more with Mira's. But I think the author loved these characters too much to let them. Like, the, the only bit of angst that we could potentially get in this is Hermione needs to break up with Ron to be with Luna. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she takes a huge cop out on that. And has yeah. Ron independently realized, oh my god, oh man, hasn't our relationship kind of gotten really stale? Like, do you kind of want to break up? Yeah, it was too convenient. <laughs> I was for so sure. mad. <laughs> it's like I like that she was able to have like friendships and like supportive friends after that, but Ron should have had a moment of like, Ugh. yeah, like I mean, not, I think... not because it happened, but because of how it happened. I guess. Do you know what I mean? Like, at least. I'm fine with him, like, also realizing that they've kind of fallen out of love, but, like, she doesn't even have to pull the trigger. Like, he's the one who starts talking about it, and it's just, like, make Hermione do something in this. Like, she's supposed to be this brave, like, heroine type who, like, gets things done, and she's just like, oh, I'm not sure about this, and oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm just gonna sit on my hands for a while. It's like, (laughs) do something, woman. Yeah, because she tells Luna when they come back from that trip and things got a little spicy, they kissed once. (laughs) She says, I am going to break up with Ron and I'll check back with you. And then she does not break up with Ron to the point where Luna starts ignoring her and hiding. So, yeah, she does not pull the trigger. That trigger needs to be pulled. And then eventually Ron's like, did you know that yesterday was our anniversary? And And Hermione's like, what? And then he's like, dang it, we're not even really in love anymore, are we? And Hermione's like, this is convenient, woo! (laughs) But I do think, like, I feel bad picking on the story for not having enough conflict and angst because I do feel like this story builds a fantasy of, like, 
this wonderful, healthy, accepted, same-sex relationship in Harry Potter, which we never see in Harry this Potter. This is a good point. I agree. So and for I feel me like to say, nice. like, oh, I want you to suffer more, you know, because that's my taste, I still feel like... But stories need conflict. <laughs> yes, this needs... It needs to be shorter or it needs to have more conflict. Um, and I'll go either way. I agree. And again, even though I suggested it, I... I definitely have conflicts with the story itself but it was one of the I I do this to myself I always want weird pairings and specific things and I really want quality like same-sex interactions I don't want it just to be like straight man's fantasy of what lesbians are because that really frustrates me and And this did not feel like true to me no it's Mm -hmm. great something just about the way they touch each other Mm -hmm. um, it was very sincere like yes. like not well some of it was creepy and in personal space invading but besides <laughs> those ones and we pull those out the uh, some of it felt really genuine and, and like like wandering conversations about food and overweight felines like that was like a quote about something just like how normal that is yes and of course i'm just gonna admit it food is my love language I, if I make or share beautiful food, it's because I love you. And so having someone do the same back would just be a sigh. So yes. but also on that same note, food isn't sexy to me, but the idea of someone loving me enough to enjoy food or, or make food for me or pick out or share a new exciting food is just like, oh, this is just, just warms my, my heart so much. And so again, that's probably what super lured me in. Well, and I like how there's this friendship and this affection and Mm -hmm. then it's kind of like a spicy spicy gumbo where the heat just builds underneath Mm -hmm. these like you know the heat would have built and every once in a while scorched just a little more yeah we gotta pour some sriracha on this yeah (laughs) zest that up a scotch because again all of this if there had been more physical intimacy and if the intimacy itself had built more, like the physical intimacy, because it's like we went from a kiss to like going down on her, just going for it. And I'm just like, what just happened? Like we went from <laughs> let's have a like church kiss to the whole thing. And I find that a little like, excuse me, pardon me. Whoa. whoa. But that was like literally the very last chapter of the entire story. Uh, yeah. But then I didn't even care anymore. I was <laughs> like any tension that there was between them, like. I you're I exhausted. Yeah. It's like I wanted to smash the Barbies together like half a story ago, and now mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, they're doing it. Okay, great. And I don't have a problem with the length <laughs> if there was more doing it. Like, yeah. I'm going to be honest. It's like part of it. Don't rate your shit explicit. That wasn't explicit. <laughs> there has to be an ebb and flow of tension. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's probably like what some of what, what you're referring to as angst is like, tension i'm not as much into like well hermione was a burn victim and has no eyes did you already read audrey's next pick <laughs> oh my god yeah Mira knows what's coming oh man but but like a little bit of tension like there can be like true conflict and then at least sexual tension but again there were highlights to it i, I honestly my favorite character though i think was how Ginny was portrayed in this like I would read the shit out of Ginny, the, the flavor of Ginny from the story by this author with a lot of touching, <laughs> a lot yeah. more touching. <laughs> yep. but, if I, but I just, I liked her sassy. She was still so herself, but I don't know something about how all the characters 
were fairly rich, even if you only had like a little glimpse of the background characters. And I just really enjoyed that. That's what kept me going during the like literal Sahara drought that was all of the sexual touching. I was like, oh, but I'm really interested in this character now, so I'll give it a little bit more. And that's, I don't know, it was just an interesting read because of that. How did you guys feel about Ron specifically in this? I liked that, I mean, okay, I normally enjoy me some Ron bashing in general. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a fan of that. I liked how he was a decent guy in it. Like, his faults were mostly just incompatibilities. And he's occasionally inconsiderate of her, like he's throwing this big celebration for her and surprise, it's at a, it's at a sports bar and <laughs> you're just going to watch the game the whole time and ignore her, which like feels consistent to like something that he would do, that yes. his character would do. I do think like him just not being upset about any anything that happened between her and Luna is just like... You would have an emotional reaction, at least. There's, like, a degree of betrayal there, even if they were basically just friends at that point. And I was just like, okay, like, he is too nice in this. Yeah. He's just, like, a stuffed animal. There was not really any, like... Because even if you know your relationship's ending, I don't know if you've all had the experience of the slow death of a relationship. And and then that moment when you do both realize it, there's a bit of mourning that happens. Like you're, yes. like you know it's over. The thing you have that you're sad about, it's not like you can do anything about it because it's been dead for a long time. That moment, I feel like, was handled really lightly. Compared and he's to like this. generally kind of a hot-headed guy, so like him just not having any negative reaction at all. Like I'm all for him still being a, a decent guy and like not being a total monster like he is in a lot of the stories that mm-hmm. I've read. But just for him to be like one one hundred percent sweet and understanding, and I'll always love you. I'm just mm-hmm. like, ah. yeah, I don't need. <laughs> I don't need real life. Like, he's like, hey, you know, I think it, it's a bad sign for our relationship that we forgot about our anniversary. And she's like, yeah, we should break up. And also, I'm totally gonna date Luna now because we have kind of a thing going on. And he's like, oh wow, okay. And then, like, they are on the cover of what is the Wizard magazine? Um, Luna and Hermione like making out. The like Daily Prophet? The, yeah, Daily the Prophet. next day they're on the cover of Daily Prophet, like in a picture, like with a intense making out thing, because they're moving pictures, you know. And I can't believe that he didn't like I mean, yeah, it's just embarrassing, you know? Like, yeah, it's like I don't want Saint Weasley. I would just like mostly has a a grasp on reality and a a degree of compassion. <laughs> Not like saint-like compassion just a degree of it would be great and like he's totally accepting of the fact that she's with a woman now which is like great and fine but like his the reasoning behind it is like oh it turns him on that she's been with ladies in her mind before yeah and that's another thing she hasn't been with a woman i don't think herself she's been into it attracted them jerked it to them but not like you know, actually. Which, so, I mean, you can read. There's books, but like, still, like, it's not like he wrote one dick. Should have been another you know source of like conflict or tension or something. Just sort of this, like, oh, this is new for me, and maybe people are gonna look at us, and like, how do I deal mm-hmm. with like being a part of a different kind of world now, and like basically coming out, and mm-hmm. like, it's fine. It's just fine for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, my favorite part, my favorite reaction, though, to her being with someone else 
is when Ron talks about how, oh, my mom's going to be really mad. You're her last chance at having a smart Weasley. And that did make me chuckle. But <laughs> that was funny. Though it was creepy when he started rambling about the names of their kids and shit that he'd planned that weren't happening. That was uncomfortable for me. Those yeah. are some good names, though. Those are the names that JK picked out for um, in Deathly Hallows. They mentioned the name of their kids, I think. Hugo and Rose, which are wonderful names. I doubt Ron would come up with them. <laughs> yeah, those definitely sound like Book Hermione came up with those. And yes. the author was like, here you go, Ron. Just uh, We'll just go with this. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ron would have been like Ron Jr. and Ronette. <laughs> <laughs> or he'd just name him after his mom. Molly and Mo or something. <laughs> I think you're right, Audrey, in that it's like a nice fantasy of like, we're a same-sex couple and everything's going great for us in the ways that it goes so poorly for other people. And so let's just marinate in this for many, many chapters and they lived happily ever after. And like, there's definitely a place for that. And mm-hmm. that is nice. I just... It is definitely lesbian cake. <laughs> yes. Cake. <laughs> Pie? <laughs> um no, so i wanted to go through because we always do i think we probably have already hit this but i would like to give each of you a chance to talk about your high point and your low point from the story as Mira and i make deep eye contact trying to decide who speaks first i think i will gotta, go <laughs> gotta smell you to know <laughs> <laughs> i smell like white chocolate and vodka right now probably <laughs> oh it's so good oh my god like seriously if if Luna tasted like this, it might turn you. I, I would be very. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a pretty big fan. I liked a little bit of anise. It was a little bit of effort, but I managed to not make it too sweet. It's pronounced anus. No, I'm just anus. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> how how big's your picture of these? <laughs> when do I get to drink again? In all seriousness, rap party, man. Have a rap party. We'll just have to drink all the drinks at once just to, to rate them best and then our favorite story from the season. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to introduce Mira to the pump and dump. <laughs> I know of the pump and dump, and I am child-free. Okay. We don't need to explain what pump and dump is. Do you know what that is, Mira? I don't, actually. Oh, it's, it's when you are breastfeeding, but you drink a lot, so you pump, and then you throw the milk away because it's like 40% vodka. <laughs> I was going to ask, when am I allowed to actually do this? But you've answered that for me. Yes. No, actually, it's really weird. So The moment the milk... you push the baby out, start drinking. <laughs> as, as, as long as you sober up before you feed the baby... The milk actually gets cleaned out, too. You don't have alcohol milk versus nice milk. Like, it gets processed out. So as long as you wait, like, you shouldn't be hammered and, and feeding your baby while you're <laughs> I just you're can't hammered. imagine that. I'm but, sorry. The visual, <laughs> like, to, get over here, little buddy. <laughs> you don't need to pump enough. It's kind of like blood in that way where you don't need to replace your drunk blood. You just have to wait for the alcohol to go out of the blood. And the, the baby milk is drinking is the same, your blood. So. We've fallen into know. a Twilight episode. Oops. Oh my god. <laughs> so, my high points. This has been very educational. This is a biology lesson, yeah. <laughs> well, I already talked about how much I love the food and just like the slow, like subtle falling in love. And again, it's the background characters. I really like this specific interpretation of how the characters grew up. It's just different. I, I don't know, it's refreshing in a, in a way I can't quite verbalize. In addition, the expansion of the world was a big deal for me. Like, Wizarding University, you know, uh, 
<laughs> wizarding doctorates. <laughs> like all that's just I don't know. I, I enjoyed that. And then of course, you know, sweet lady love is always a highlight for me. Um, the low point, which we didn't even go into because it was so low, was goddamn grease. Like Oh yeah. Oh, it was bad for me. It's like we already went on this beautiful tropical adventure to look for the lizard. And then we had to like not end the adventure and end up in Greece. It was just too much. I didn't need to hear about Luna's like first love. It just extended this roller coaster in a way that I don't really feel like added a ton and then just cranked up the like uncomfortable, ferrety, heavy petting. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't into it either. I wasn't into it. And yeah. then, and I love travel. So if this was like the travel, like, like if we, if we went to, they both graduated and now they're traveling and fell in love, then it would make more sense. But like just the uh, location hopping didn't do it for me. And then this is like a critical critique and I'm not a writer, so I, I always feel guilty about these, but the character markers and conversations got really stale really fast. Oh, it's yes. younger girl, younger girl, younger girl, brown hair this, blonde hair that, blue eyes, brown eyes, curly hair, blah, blah, blah. And I, I know it's challenging, but it really started to grate on me. And, and the only way to differentiate who is speaking was hair of some color or texture, eye color, or who was older and who was younger. And I just got tough. And then... The author did not believe in pronouns. Like, mm-hmm. you... The dialogue could have been way snappier. Yeah, that was a big issue for me too. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the lack of sex. Just a little, little more sprinkle of that would have gone a long way, honestly. And the lack of Luna having agency over her own feelings and wants. It. It's like why do, why do we have to make her all confident about her career choice and like, petting Hermione, but not enough when it comes to actually like emotionally investing in it it just feels like a horrible inconsistency to me but yeah those are mine i mean again though that being said i did enjoy the hell out of it i wouldn't recommend it lightly because it is a commitment mira um my high points were kind of similar like i really enjoyed the world building in general i thought there were a lot of like really interesting details about like Talking about the magical summer camp that Luna went to as a child and how like flying carpets exist in the world and how maybe Hermione would want one of those because she hates flying and it would, she would feel more secure. But Luna's concerned with like, you know, <clears throat> people beat them to clean them and that's like inhumane. And I don't know, like that was a nice detail. It felt yeah. true to the characters. It did. And I, absolutely loved the wizarding like food delivery service <laughs> that was amazing like too. the idea that <laughs> you can order home. from anywhere in the world like of course you can you're a fucking wizard like <laughs> it was just really great um i think the author basically wanted to expand the universe more than kind of get into a conflict or necessarily a plot mm-hmm. and um i think they're really successful that way uh, I wish it was just one big magical creature safari. Yeah, agreed. I would read the hell out of that. Um, low points, a lot of them we already mentioned. Um, not enough external conflict. Ron letting her off the hook so easily. Just the writing style for me, I just found incredibly redundant. I think, like you said, the blonde, the brunette, the older girl, the younger girl. I think you could just cut out 
most of that and save yourself like at least a third of the story and it would just flow so much better uh and go so much faster and i feel like the author just like assumed that their readership just like wasn't smart enough to understand what was going on in any given scene and just like really really over explained it and it's like we're smart we can put this thing together like you don't need to state it over and over again and my comparison was... to the hobbit wasn't by mistake yeah <laughs> the hobbit is overly detailed that way too yeah <laughs> we know about the fucking pattern on bilbo's buttons i mean jesus <laughs> i would uh, i would read the hobbit instead of this any day but um yeah it was just a little a little too verbose without like the payoff of being verbose for me makes sense um well my high points um i already mentioned and it kind of overlaps with yours about how this just builds a plausible really happy rich future for hermione as a lesbian in this world like that's pretty awesome i think any one of us would take a life of adventuring and researching and having delicious breakfasts cooked for you um, by Luna Lovegood, I would take that. <laughs> it also paints the idea that the world is very inclusive in that way, where JK is not, and yes, everything yeah. else isn't. Like, the whole world really isn't that inclusive, and at least the wizarding world could be. Yeah, that's it's kind of a beautiful dream, so I want to leave it at that. Um, for low points, um, I, I think I agree with Mira. I would describe it as... There was a lots of scenes of, of like Hermione wondering what Luna feels about her, um, and Hermione wondering how she feels about Luna. But as a reader, you don't wonder either of those things. Like you know, Luna's made it very obvious she's interested in Hermione, um, and Hermione's made it very obvious she's interested in Luna from what we see from her perspective. Um, and so eventually, it does become frustrating because it's like. I wonder if she likes me. And it's like, she crawled into your bed last night, dude. She told you she's a lesbian and that you are gorgeous and that she loves you. And like, she's touching you. Like, come on. Her and, fingers like, are inside of you. Yeah, like, <laughs> seal the deal. <laughs> yeah. That would be funny if during, so in the last scene, they have sex. If during that, Hermione was like, I have a crush on you or something. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it, you know, like if it's very funny, like how long that that reveal is is dragged out in this. Um, and so and, and it's a little beautiful. bit of a disadvantage the author's at because this story is tagged Luna and Hermione. We have no question going in, no matter how good she would be at writing suspense, that they are gonna do it. But it <laughs> just like she relies on tension that I don't think is is really there. Um, so anyway, Abby, could you describe for us how the story ends, even though I just said they bang? <laughs> so after gallivanting around the globe, the two lovers return to their daily lives. Hermione planning on breaking up with Ron, disclosing everything that transpired, blah, blah, blah. We've gone over that. She lollygags. She gets upset. They get together. Still through all that. They get to the sex scene. We've been waiting 90 thousand words for <laughs> 90 thousand words and it's just k like just k yeah i feel like for it being like it wasn't that it was like girl on girl that was the boundary or a problem for me it's just it just wasn't that steamy and 
I understand it's their first time together, so it, it makes sense. So we probably ha should have had sex like 20 times before that in this many pages. So I could have had that steamy finale I wanted. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that after all of this, like Luna's the one who's been with women before. Luna's the one who has no boundaries. That Hermione kind of took control of this. Like she was the dominant one in this um, sex scene, I guess. And I kind of liked that. I was like, yeah, go for it. Like, you know. So I it's interesting how cool. much she is the male role, though. Like, there's still very much a masculine and a feminine role in the relationship, like 100%. And as much as it's like they're more femme than they are, either of them are, are masculine, it's still one is playing the masculine role, which every relationship varies on that. But I just yeah, thought it was... Yeah, so, but Luna was a bit of a manic pixie dream girl in this, I guess you would say. Like, she's like... Hey, let me cook for you. I can show you the world. I know all the best restaurants, you know. <laughs> Isn't there, like, a line about how Luna gets, like, deeper inside of her than Ron has ever been or something like that? Like, just with her fingers? And I'm like, oh, burn. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think there was a line like that yet. That's rough. <laughs> Poor Ron. He's just, like, a doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you guys um, imagine happens between Hermione and Luna after the story is over? How, what do you guys see as your verdict for the future of this relationship? I think it's successful. I think it's what I wanted Fantastic Beasts to be, where they like actually search the world for Fantastic Beasts, and it's just like this fiery adventure. Yeah. Also, Newt was mentioned in this, so maybe that's secretly what she did there. <laughs> She rewrote it for what she wanted. Yeah, I like their future. I mean, as I mentioned before, um, like, I think Hermione would lose patience with, with Luna as soon as Luna's eccentricity got in the way of something that Hermione knew to be right or um, something that Hermione wanted to be practical about and execute. I And I think at the end of this, so they're in love, and I think that's portrayed really well, and their attraction comes across very well. But even up to the end, Hermione does not understand Luna hardly at all. And Luna does not understand Hermione. Like, there's a lot of emotional distance between them. Like, they care about each other, but they're constantly unable to read each other. Like, and that really is where the tension in the story comes from. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if this relationship's going to work out, man. Like, I'm not sure. I feel like it could go both ways, man. Yeah. I like, I love the idea of romantic life partner adventure time research it fits Hermione it's great but I don't know I'm a pessimist on this one I feel like it could either if if Luna continued on her trajectory of getting her shit together or finding the right drugs it might work out based <laughs> on the timeline as they get serious right because like between university and high school or whatever the hell there was some growth yeah so if it continued maybe but I do think it's going to be Hot and spicy, and then Hermione's going to be like, thanks for being my training wheels. I'm out. Yep, yep. Me and Ginny are going to go do a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. I, I feel like this is JK's fault. Like, my problem with this pairing, there are not enough strong women characters to give us a more viable pairing than these two. Like, I, Hermione and Ginny would be nice. Or a yeah. female Harry and, and a Ginny would be nice. Oh, but I love female Harry fix, but there's just too few of them that are long. Gotta write it. I'm not a writer. Sorry, I can barely yeah. write an outline. <laughs> You're kind of a female Harry yourself. 
I actually did do a, a Chick Harry once for Halloween. Long, long ago in the before four time. You dressed as, as Chick Harry or you did a Chick Harry in the closet oh, That would both would be, that would be fine too. <laughs> but I went as Halloween as Chick Harry. You guys both know about female Snape, right? Oh, I only my. know that Snape gets man preg all the time. I don't know about female Snape. Oh, oh no, female I mean, Snape. Not, that's about fan fiction. I'm talking oh, okay. about in like cosplay community, there is a female Snape and... God damn, that's like the hottest thing I've ever seen. And I'm not, I'm not gay. I didn't think I was gay, but now I'm like, female Snape might turn you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> female Snape, sign me up. Is this your awakening? <laughs> Has it happened? I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, I want to give each person a chance to say whether or not they would recommend the story to others. Um, and I think I'm going to start with Abby, even though I think we have to know the answer since you recommended this to us. Honestly, I'm on the fence if I would recommend it. it. It's a very specific thing. I think there's definitely some validity to it overall, like how enjoyable it is, why you'd recommend it. But I would say 70% recommend. And normally I'd be like, yes or no, like a hard yes or no. But I think the lack of actual eroticism in it for being what it is, is tough. And the length, the length for the payoff is tough. I think if you're looking for something different and you're looking for an interesting spin on the characters and an expansion of the world, like we've discussed, yes. But if you're just wanting to read a fun story, I don't think I would then. So it's mixed, which I do not like to be mixed. I'm usually quite decisive, but. I think I would totally agree with you. Um, I feel like this has got to meet an emotional need for a lot of people. Um, But as a story, for the entertainment value, for the length. And I also think, I haven't read a lot of Femslash. There isn't a lot of it out there, in my understanding, for Harry Potter. Um, they deserve more sex in this. They <laughs> like, do. <laughs> why can't they have the same standard of smut? Um, so, Because I actually think like their attraction to each other comes across really well. Like I, you know... That's part of what was so frustrating about how long it took for them to get around to doing anything. Is that I think if the expectation was shifted, just literally remove the sex at the end, I think it would be a better story in a way. It'd be more justifiable. Oh, I know that yeah. sounds crazy, but like, think mad. about it. No, but then we wouldn't have read it. We would have gone into it knowing That's that it was true. like rated T for teen, and we would have been like, oh, this will be, be cute. This will be like... That's true. That's I think true. our expectations were, were set pretty high, and going into it it's like if you want like a emotional lady boner and not like a true slippery in the panties lady boner these are different <laughs> things <laughs> sorry for know? the true true there but... oh, it's beautiful it's absolutely true um i probably wouldn't recommend it unless it was to a very specific person who i know who i knew would like this very, very slow burn and like appreciate, you know, that that emotional sort of build more than physical. And um, I feel like parts of the writing aren't strong enough to recommend to a general audience, but there's not a lot of good Luna Lovegood stories out there. I struggle. And I do. Yeah, and despite like her character flaws that we discussed in this, I do think that it does a much better job than a lot of the ones that are out there. And like you said, Audrey, it's 
a very convincing like same-sex relationship like you can really feel the attraction there so it would depend on the person but in general i probably wouldn't it's a very gentle story like if you had someone a high anxiety person who needed to see you get to not only see hermione and luna happy but harry happy ron happy like this is peaceful wizard times if if you found yourself emotionally wrecked by the end of deathly hallows <laughs> you might <laughs> like to take a bath in this story you know I've seen a woman burst into tears in the theater over them, and I can't imagine that they read the book is my only theory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, my mom, when we would watch TV, there was an episode of Darkwing Duck that was so tense that my mom had to, like, sprint out of the room. Like, this... <laughs> <laughs> so, those people exist. If you need a gentle story... A soft caress. Yes. <laughs> gentle sniff. <laughs> <laughs> man seriously though i want i want it all i want this kind of slow burn emotional and like connection but i want balls deep even if there's not balls sex (laughs) at least once every other chapter i need an encounter wrist deep yeah wrist deep (laughs) face first whatever you gotta do (laughs) and that's that's really the challenge of writing erotic stories versus romantic stories because an erotic story, you need for the, the main characters to have sex and yet still maintain enough tension for the story to continue afterwards, you know? Mm-hmm. And in a romantic story, it's like at the end of, of Pride and Prejudice, Darcy and, and Liz get married, that's the end, you know, you know what happens after that. Um, and so, like, Mira's story with the whole, like, we had sex because I was disguised as your wife and I took polyjuice potion is kind of brilliant in that they can, we can have that smut without resolving any of the tension. Like, exactly, yeah. And so, yeah, it would have been nice. I agree, to... it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy, though, is I, I still would have liked more backstory, but I could way more readily recommend that story to a, a wider audience than I could this one. Yeah. Cool. Um, so our next story, Mira, you've picked out. Do you have an intro to the next thing we're going to read? Yeah, if you were on the fence about Lucius and Hermione, well, let's think about it again. Yay! (laughs) Here's another one. Hermione gets railed, part four. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) This is all, I I do not care at all about us burying who's getting railed. It can always be Hermione, and I will blame it on J.K. Rowling and not us. I, I was looking at other pairings, but... I don't know. These just really grab me, and I think there's a lot of goodness to explore. So we are going to be reading Epistolary Charms by B. Me Up Scotty, which is B-E-A underscore M-E-U-P-S-C-O-T-T-Y. It's an archive of our own, and here's the summary provided by the author. Hermione runs into Lucius Malfoy after the war and finds herself carrying on a rather unexpected correspondence with the former Death Eater, as she tries to make sense of the slow unraveling of the domestic peace she found herself and her friends in after the war. Um, The only real trigger warning here is infidelity. Sorry, Abby. I know you're not into the infidelity, but... I just think that if you're a bad guy, it doesn't mean you're necessarily a bad guy. He could love his wife still, but maybe he doesn't (laughs) in this world. We'll just assume that Narcissa is a narcissist like her name. And so he's like, I'm not into it. I'm over it. She's stale. Or maybe he's not the one who's cheating. Oh. Ooh. 
Dude, that scene in Half Blood Prince where she is like begging Snape to save her son, like, you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I thought, they were gonna, <laughs> I thought he was gonna hit it there for a second. Oh my god, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next season is Snape gets it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Shipwrecks. As always, check the show notes for links to this and next week's story. Be sure to follow us on social for the latest updates and extras. Tune in next week for more ships and more wrecks.